0: So the Bank of England didn't lift interest rates, and Andrew Bailey is saying he doesn't know where everyone got the idea that they would. Huh? Anyway, it's sent bond yields tumbling in the UK and around the world, and a big fall in the pound has basically thrown currency markets into a bit of a spin too. So everyone seems a little more cagey after all of that. But maybe non-farm payrolls will lift sentiment. That's tonight, and the signs are good. It's Friday, the 5th of November, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So the Bank of England decision not to make a decision has seen a 1.4% fall in the pound today. That's helped the US dollar up half a percent on the DXY, which in turn hasn't helped the Aussie dollar, which is down 0.7%. The euro is also down half a percent. And as you'd imagine, a big fall in gilt yields, 10 years down 14 basis points, two years down 21. Uh, quite big falls in yields across Europe, too, and 10-year treasuries down eight basis points. US equities are a little mixed. The Dow is down half a percent, but the NASDAQ is up. 0.9 percent. The S&P up 0.3. Both hitting new highs. Qualcomm, the chip maker, did well with earnings yesterday because you know, well, everyone wants their chips, don't they? Whereas Uber, later on, who wants to get in an Uber right now? Uh, shares generally up in Europe, up 0.4 percent in the UK, up 0.4 percent for the FTSE 100, helped uh, by the falling pound, no doubt. And oil is down further, another 2.2% off WTI, 1.5% off Brent. WTI is uh, now below $80 a barrel for the first time since early October. So, as usual, lately, there's a bit going on. Let's start with the Bank of England with Gavin Friend from NAB in London. Uh, They had as good as been told, hadn't they, everybody, by the Bank of England, that it was coming. Then, at the last minute, they chickened out, which is probably a good thing, uh, given the economy uh, You know where it is right now. But did they give us a specific cause for concern?
1: Yeah, morning, Phil. Uh, yeah, I think they did. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's an issue of timing. Yeah, if you read through what the bank has said clearly and, and, and what they're projecting in terms of inflation, um, you know, based on the previous market curve, which was for 100 basis points of Ray hikes over the next year, um, even based on that. The bank doesn't see inflation coming back down to under just inside the 2% um, target over the medium term until the end of 2024 and only by, you know, five basis points or so. So clearly, as the bank said, uh, you know, uh, over the coming months, some tightening of monetary policy will be needed in order to return CPI sustainably to that target. So so rate hikes are coming, but... Uh, Not necessarily now. The bank sees some validation, some value in waiting. It's clearly a little bit concerned about what's going on with the labour market. Mm. I mean, you know, we could argue unemployment is very low. But of course, we've just in the UK just ended the furlough scheme um, and the bank needs to get a little bit more data, which it will have prior to the next meeting in December um, on what's happening with that unwinding and whether there's a a jump in unemployment or or two it's also worried a little bit about the sort of again that transitory word it's worried about how long these price pressures might remain for and if it were to move too quickly you know by the time that takes effect um, is, is, is you know are the price pressures over so you know Rate hikes are coming, but they're not going to be as aggressive as the market have priced in. We talked about 100 basis points just then. Governor Bailey pretty firmly pushing back that um, on the idea that that was that was too aggressive. The direction is right, but the aggressive nature uh, is not. And I think that's why, to yeah. your opening, that yeah. you know we've seen these such big moves in bond yields. You know, we saw yesterday, you know, the Fed pushing back on the idea of rate moves. Yes, a taper, but not a rate move yet. The Bank of England today pushing back in both the timing uh, and the size. And that's where, you know, to your point, a 20 basis point fall in U.K., uh, two-year yields, fives mm. down eighteen basis points, ten down tens down twelve basis points, and that's had a knock-on effect. So U.S. two-year yields down seven basis points, fives down nine, tens down nine. Remember yesterday when we when, when my colleague Dave DeGarris was talking with you about the Fed, we had that sort of uh, curve steepening following the Fed because. You know, they were saying basically that, um, you know, well, the market's interpretation is rate rate uh, uh, rate rises are being pushed back. And so higher inflation expectations lead to uh, a steepening of the curve. That's been unwound today in light of what the Bank of England's been so, doing. So there's some big moves and all of that is helping risk appetite and stocks.
0: <laughs> Which is why <laughs> we're on new highs uh, today in the United we States. Are. But but I mean, uh, I, th- I think a lot of people are feeling as though they've been led on a bit. Don't they? And quite understandably, I mean, I, I do Daily, he was saying in a in a, a Bloomberg interview today that he was puzzled by the market view. He doesn't know where they got the idea from. Well, let me give you a quote uh, from, from just a couple of weeks ago. Monetary policy will have to act and must do so if we see risk, particularly to medium-term inflation. And that's why the Bank of England have signalled, and this is another such signal, that we will have to act. And yes, do, but do you see… It, 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 uh, that sounds uh, to me like they're leading on to say, yes, we are going to raise rates. And that's why everyone jumped to that conclusion.
1: Well, I think a lot of people missed that full quote, and we wrote in our in our preview to the Bank of England, uh, people were just looking at the words, "We must act." Mm. It was contingent on, as he said as he said yesterday, it was contingent on um, inflation expectations becoming embedded at high levels. Now we felt. They were becoming embedded at high levels, and that's yeah. why we thought the bank would move today. Clearly, the bank sees differently on that, and it, it sees value in waiting until there's some clarity on the labour market, as I say. Well, that was one um, of the things he
0: did actually qualify as well at that time, way back yes. then, that he had concerns about uh, labour supply growth. And, uh, in, and and again, that was reason yeah. given today. It,
1: in terms of the puzzle uh, quote that you just gave there, that really was referring to he was puzzled about the dipping yields that we saw across the board, not just in the UK, through the US, through Europe, over the summer. Remember when bond yields came crashing down and people were scratching their heads as to work out what was going on? That was what the puzzlement was. Right, but I mean,
0: there's still people sort of working back from what he said a couple of weeks ago, isn't it? But look, I mean, it wouldn't have made sense as well because QE is still going. QE finishes next month. So does that mean actually next month could be the time that they start to lift rates?
1: Uh, it, It could be quite easily. Um, I mean, we've said that um, the December and the February, which is the meeting after that, those are live. I think that's pretty, you know, that's pretty common, a common view there now. But I think because of the uncertainty, let's just say in inverted commas around Bank of England communication, I think people are a little bit wary. And I think they're going to wait and see what we get from that labour market number, uh, the numbers there uh, in December to whether, whether, whether December is on or whether the bank might decide to wait uh, until, you know, around the corner of the year. R- let's remember, we've got tax rises coming down the pipe. We've got still very elevated energy prices here. Consumers and businesses are, are, are heading into lots of headwinds uh, over the winter months. And, um, you know, the bank, the bank is clearly cognizant of those things.
0: Yeah, and you a d- dummy split between the UK and France as well to contend with. It's all stacking up, isn't it? So this contagion that we're seeing in in, uh, in bonds then, is that because now... Generally, investors are starting to reassess their reading of central banks. You know, are, are are the banks pushing back further? Like we had Christine Lagarde, for example, saying, "I mean, she was she was never saying it was coming soon, but uh, she said the likelihood of rate rate hikes next year were off the charts." She said today. Yeah.
1: Well, let's just take a step back and remember that it is, it is. Central banks have consistently said that the rises in inflation are transitory and that they think things mm. are going to improve. Um, the incoming information from from the data has been moving against them. And that's that's why, you know, markets have moved as they had. It's been a, it's been a battle of the markets and the bond market specifically versus central banks. Now we're getting pushback to your point from uh, a range we could include the Bank of Canada to that we can include the bank we can include the the rBA to that in mm. terms of yes they yes they bowed to the pressure from the markets on yield curve control but the message from um, from, from, from from Governor Lowe was um, you know we still don't think we're going to be seeing rate rises until 2023 or maybe later right. so there is some some you know some sort of un- unified pushback
0: now numbers uh data that we had overnight mixed p from yesterday mixed pmis from europe the, these were the services and composite numbers of course services down a little more than expected for the, for the eurozone at 54.6 but france and spain doing a little better than expected but you know no big moves either way really but german factory orders they really undershot didn't they 1.3% growth i think we were expecting this is month on month 1.8% was expected
1: yeah and i mean this is uh, this is where you know particularly for fx investors you know You've got uh, increasing incoming information that suggests the momentum in the European growth story is rolling over I mean it's still growing it's not demand deficiency it's supply constraints I mean that's the positive that's the positive takeaway you know there is the demand there but they just can't get the kit um, and all of that is weighing we're going to see that in the EFO numbers I'm sure you know pretty much across the board in Europe all of these issues are down. compare that with what you're seeing in the US at the moment and the ISM numbers a day ago you know where things are just going off the charts mm is the case in the ISM numbers, some of that strength is being led by the other side of the, uh, the equation, which is, you know, price pressures, supplier deliveries and order backlogs and those kinds of things. But, but orders numbers, uh, production is very, very strong in the U.S. And increasingly, it is looking like the U.S. looks best positioned by this, aided not least by the fact that the the cases in COVID are are collapsing in the U.S. at the moment. So all of these things are moving in the direction of the U.S., and I think that's something that's rubbing off a little bit. Uh, on the FX market while the dollar is you know slowly grinding its way higher
0: Now Australia's balance of trade uh, imports were down 2% month on month but exports were down 6% so but I mean I'm, I'm sure falling iron ore prices will have had a bit to do with that and we also had retail sales yesterday for the third quarter down 4.4% which is a little better than expected but you know as we keep saying whenever we look at retail numbers it's history isn't it because you know uh, reopening is now well underway so Q4 should show uh, you know a sharp move up.
1: Yeah I mean that was the largest quarterly fall in the retail sales um, ever recorded but Mm. again to your point you know um, as New South Wales and Victoria we're in in strict lockdowns so um, again it's backward looking and we would expect things to pick up as we go forward.
0: So uh, non-farm payrolls tonight, the the crucial numbers. Just how is the labour market uh, doing and what will average earnings tell us? Both important questions. Uh, Before you you look ahead to that, we had the weekly initial jobless claims uh, for last week, which were down more than expected. So that's a good sign. And from the week before, continuing claims fell to 2.1 million to, uh, from 2.24 million so slowly but surely they are they are improving so all of that hopefully is a good sign for tonight
1: well that's so that on the claims that's a new pandemic uh, post-pandemic low um, yeah. so that's again you know we're moving in the, in the right direction um, and you would imagine with the improvement from COVID that, that and the Delta that's actually, we're getting back down now on these claims numbers to pre pandemic, um, you know, sort of levels. So um, in terms of non-farm payroll, so the market's looking for 450,000 uh, new non-farm jobs. That was remember last month, uh, it was another lowball number of 194,000. So, um I mean, if you, if you, if you, the semantics around this at the moment is, is that people are still mixed on this. The, the, the range of forecasts is still very wide for tomorrow. Yeah. It's not until next month when we really get a better steer. I think from you know the 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 delta clear up that the markets are looking for something a bit a bit more meaty um so hot and cold really in terms of the jobs created um unemployment is expected to take down a tenth to 4.7 so that's getting down there um i think there's probably going to be more information or more um uh, focus on the average earnings as you, yes. as you as you suggested um not least because we had At the end of last week, that very um, strong Q3 employment cost index number, um, up to a 31-year high of one and a half percent in terms of wages on the quarter. So, I think that will have more, um,
0: you know, uh, impact and more focus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, whatever. I mean, it's it's it's. it's, I mean, uh, it's going to be a an influential number, isn't it? It's going to the market. The
1: the only thing, of course, is that we do come fresh off the back of, of the Powell testimony, and he is clear. That there's a way to go yet in terms of uh, getting to maximum employment. So even if we had a very strong number, uh, it's going to it's going to be uh, you know it's going to it's going it it, it it doesn't mean that we're getting anywhere near close yet to the maximum employment um, <laughs> right. goal. But you know um, uh, I guess it would suggest that um, you know the, the, the sort of division between markets and central banks will continue.
0: All right. Well, we'll leave it there for now. I mean, after a day like today, are we going to see some pairing back on some of those drops in yields that we've seen? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, as always, when you get big information like that, it takes markets, you know, 24 hours or so to process the information. So I wouldn't be surprised, you know, when when the market comes back and says, oh, well, the Bank of England is still expected to hike rates, that we get something of a a pushback on that and maybe even a steepening of the curve a little bit.
0: Good. All right. Thanks for all of that, Gavin. We'll catch you again very soon. Thank you. Cheers. And that is the Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Darby. Catch you again Monday morning. See you then.